Hey everybody, welcome to the Lions Roar podcast, a every other week discussion about anything and everything in the world of Christian education. I'm your host, Brett Moore, joined as always by Dr. Kevin Klein and Victoria Voiles. Today we will be discussing athletics in Christian education, and we are so excited to welcome our guest for the day, Landon Gray, the Athletic Director here at Lakeway Christian Academy, and Landon is going to join us to talk a little bit about what athletics and Christian education have to do with one another and how that's a really a great thing. So Landon, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you're here. Um, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll go around and introduce everybody else. But tell us about yourself, Landon. Sure. Thanks, Brett. Well, I'm fairly new to Lakeway and new to this area. Uh, I'm an East Tennessean, born and raised. Grew up uh, in the Chattanooga area. Uh, my my father and father's side of the family for I won't even really say decades. I would say more centuries. Are they're from Rogersville, Tennessee, just right up the road. My dad worked for TVA, and uh, he started off at John Severe Steam Plant, and then was moved down to Chattanooga. So that's where I grew up, and um, my my life was really profoundly impacted by Christian education. And so my parents they they made a great sacrifice to send me to Christian school. I, I went to Chattanooga Christian School, um, and uh, had a tremendous experience there. And being there taught me really how to cultivate a biblical world and life view. It provided me with some incredible mentors and uh, that still pour into my life today. And it's, it's where I met my closest friends and also my wife. And uh, just a great experience that I'm, that I'm incredibly grateful for. But I will say on, uh, on October 13th, when we travel down there, I will be proudly rocking the Lakeway Navy in gray. Yeah. Oh, so there's a... Like, go we have to go back... Go back home. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, is that going to be tough for you? No, it'll be no. great. No, I'm You're looking excited. forward to it. Yeah, okay. looking forward to it. Regardless of the results of the game. Exactly. Fantastic. That's right. Yeah, go Lions. Um, so I'm Kevin Klein, head of school. I'm so glad to be here, guys, and, and talk about this really important topic. And... <laughs> The script I says, thought you were going to... I was ready. Yeah. Victoria Voles, the Director <clears throat> of Communications and Advancement now. And this is podcast number two. I'm ready. And Brett Moore, our Director of Christian Life. That's so right. So we are so glad that you are I'm here. new as a host. And so a new host. We new have yeah. to say so that. So if you're, you're still listening, even now, <laughs> minutes into great. the show, we are so... I am personally grateful for your, your patience and grace. Yes, so and support. Thank you so much for that. I have a question for you, Landon. Uh, number one, are you going to make people call you Coach Gray? Do you want to establish that right now? No, I could go. I could go either way, really. Okay. I, uh, you know, coming up in education, teaching, and coaching. I was Coach Gray, and then moved into admin for the last five, six years, and I've been Mr. Gray since then. So, mm. Mr. Gray is what I'm used to. Yeah, uh, and I kind of, I kind of like Mr. Gray. All I right. like Mr. Okay. Gray too. Like We're gonna it. go with Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray, for the Mr. Gray. Of this absolutely. Show. Okay, Mr. Gray. Our first question's for you. Okay. Okay. Um, you're a lifelong Christian educator. And student, right? Like since since literally from kindergarten all the way through and into your career, what would you describe as your philosophy of Christian education? Sure, that's a great question. non-athletics related. Just your philosophy yeah, of Christian education. Philosophy. So you know, I would obviously I'm going to start with God's word in Second Corinthians. Paul exhorts us to take every thought captive uh, to make it obedient to Christ, and so Christian education 
relates God's Word to every aspect of life. So we want to teach in a distinctively Christian manner. We want to coach in a distinctively Christian manner. We want to steward our time, our talent, our resources in a way that glorifies God. So we want to instill biblical principles and display those fruits of the Spirit when we practice, when we play, when we travel. And I'm also a firm believer, just for my general philosophy of education, in the idea of no neutrality, so that nothing is neutral. Everything, every person, every idea either honors Christ or dishonors him. So it's either consistent with biblical teaching or it is not. And I think we see that in in Matthew 12. Mm -hmm. So a good Christian school, they don't operate in silos, meaning that a Christian school shouldn't say, well, you know, we have, we have chapel on Thursdays, we, we, we have Bible class, we may even pray before a football game, and that's what makes us a, a Christian school. But, um, but everything else, yeah, it's going to be pretty similar to you know, any school that you'll find in the area. I think it would be wrong to say that. It would be wrong to say, well, math is math, it's all neutral, soccer is soccer, it doesn't really matter how you coach, you're still coaching the sport. I think that's just utterly wrong. Education's never neutral. A student's education... It reflects the, the worldview of the institution, the teacher, the coach. And we have the opportunity to shape the worldview of yeah. students that we teach, and we teach them how to think. Do you think that's why you were in your introduction, you were talking about how you were profoundly impacted by you know, different mentors in Christian education growing up. Do you think it's because of like, their non-neutrality? They were profoundly Christian in the way that they taught you, led you. Give, can you... Give an example, maybe, sure. of what that looked like. No, I do. I, uh, I certainly think that. And, you know, I think at the heart of, of education is discipleship. Mm. And so the student becomes like the teacher. So I had teachers, I had coaches that poured into my life. Uh, one in particular, Mr. Walker. He, uh, he was my math teacher. He was my baseball coach. He discipled me throughout uh, really in depth my junior and senior year of high school uh, we stayed in touch for years after graduation uh, he was moved into administration after i had graduated and so as i'm moving into administration he was a great mentor to me throughout that time and uh so really that discipleship goes beyond just k through 12. oh yeah and this, is, this is amazing at the time of this recording so we are hosting the east tennessee christian educators conference E-T-C-E-C. So uh, I think you can never underestimate the magnitude of an impact you can have on somebody during those really formative high school ages. And I say that because I had no idea until I walked into the lobby this morning that one of the most huge discipleship impact in my life, one of my uh, youth pastors when I was in 10th and 11th and 12th grade, he's here today. And I haven't seen him in a couple of years. But and the moment that I saw him, I became 15 years old again. And I'd re- I remembered everything that he, like, he, he gave me my first, like, real Christian book. Like, we read together every single week, The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. And it was just, that was a game changer for me. And so you can't underestimate the impact that, like, a really great mentor is going to have when they go out of their way to make a big difference mm-hmm. in somebody's life. That's a fantastic book, by the way. It is a good book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think, Landon, what I love is, is that your years of experience 
Um, when, when you talk about Christian education, I can I can hear the impact in your voice. You know what I mean? Not not just who you are as a as a husband, as a dad, as a leader, but I mean I can hear I can hear the impact in your in your heart, and I can I hear that passion that you have for Christian education, and um, and so and today is a great day to be recording this podcast because as Brent said, you know we we have Christian educators from around our 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 region. And speakers from around the country that have come in and that are speaking truth into our teachers so that they can carry that truth into their classroom for their students. And, um, and you know, as a, as a dad um, of, of two boys and as a head of school charged with the task of, of, of caring for now 1,097 students, um, there's nothing more important than that, right? Um, and so... I mean, I just love that word. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think it's really cool because I, the rest of us, I think, around the around the table here, we we chose, like, we kind of left one world and came into the world of Christian education. I think it's really, it says a lot about mm-hmm. your belief in it that you have not only grew up in it but are now continuing, continuing to work in it. So tell us about, okay, specifically athletics, like, what's that going to look like for Okay, we don't. I love that phrase. Like, we got to put that on a T-shirt. Like, not neutral. Mm-hmm. So, what is that? What is your philosophy of Christian Ed? How's it going to show up in the athletic department? Sure. So, to to play off that, the no neutrality thing. Um, so, athletics. I see that as an extension of the classroom. So, just like English at a Christian school should look distinctively different than English at a public school, a local school. How we coach any specific sport should look different as well. So I mentioned that a Christian school isn't just a regular, any, any run-of-the-mill type school with just some Christian ornaments on the tree mm. um, with some Christian things sprinkled in. That's not what it is. But another thing that Christian education is not is it's not a, it's not a safe house from the world. It's not a guarantee against sin. It's not utter and complete protection against the evils of this world. There will be bad experiences with teammates, there will be rejection, there will be difficult times in sports that you have to work through, there will be losing, there will be getting benched. But how we can coach in a distinctively Christian manner is that we can shepherd our athletes through those things in a way that points students to God's Word, in a way that teaches restoration, redemption, forgiveness, grace, mercy, courage, perseverance. Our coaches should lead their programs in a way that really often can look countercultural. Uh, we reject. Yeah, we, I think they should. I think yeah, you're exactly right. Absolutely. And, and we're going to reject the, the idolatry of sports that can easily, easily become an idol. Oh, wow. yeah. We're going to reject the idolatry of winning. And that's not to say we don't want to perform well and win. We, we absolutely do. I think that goes back to stewardship from earlier. But winning isn't the end-all, be-all for our programs. Yeah. Our primary focus is going to be pointing students to Christ, first and foremost, through athletics. And then we have an incredible opportunity to instill healthy discipline, self-control, not being ruled by our emotions, humility and victory, graciousness in defeat, mm. uh, ownership, and this kind of rejection that you see in society, this rejection of this victim mindset that we see. You, they can display courage in adversity, develop leadership skills, cultivate endurance so that they can fight the good fight and finish the race. Mm. And what we know as believers is that race doesn't happen 
solely on six lanes of a track. We are running a race of much greater importance. And that's what hopefully they can cultivate the endurance to run that race because that is of greater mm. importance. Dr. Klein, you have two boys, right? And so I, sports, that, that's a big deal in your house. So uh, listening to what Mr. Gray has just said, what about that excites you the most? Because I know your boys want to be involved in athletics mm. throughout their journey here. But as you hear that you know, mission, vision, these are the big tent poles that we're going to circle and say, all right, these matter. What excites you the most about that as a, as a parent? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, mom boys are susceptible to the world's, you know, um, culture and, uh, as he coined the phrase of idolatry, of winning or of, um, you know, of, of of just sports in general, right? Like, you know, um, <clears throat> no, no mean to be offensive, but, you know, at my house, we're, we're going to go to church on Sunday. And we're not going to skip a church to, to go to a tournament, you know. Um, and so, and I believe that's a biblical principle. And as a dad, I'm going to instill that in my, my, my boys. This is what we do in the, in the client house. This is how we act as men. And we're going to lead our families well. And we're going to go to church. And, and we're going to do that um, every Sunday. Um, and so there'll be some exceptions along the way. But, but we, we want to make it very clear that we, we want to teach them that sometimes we're going to have to give things up. And be, not being there on Sunday is important. Um, I talk to them all the time about, hey, you know, I know you told me that you want to play in the NFL. If that didn't work out, you want to do the NBA. If that didn't work out, maybe the MLB. Um, you it's know, good to have a, a backup plan. It line. is good to have a backup plan. <laughs> and if that doesn't work out, a monster truck driver. If that doesn't work out, a fisherman. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got a list of, uh, like, a parachute tester was our most recent one from my thrill-seeking um, son. And so, you know, um, and so I have those regular conversations all the time. Hey man, um, you know, not many people do that, you know, and, and your dad's five eleven, your mom's five four. Um, and so, um, you can be a great athlete and you can enjoy it, but you know, the likelihood of you doing that for a career is probably not very high. And even Tom Brady had to retire. And so I, I pour that into him all the time. What do you want to do outside of that? More importantly, how can, what, if, if you are going to be an NFL player, how can you use that to impact the world for Christ? Like, what are you going to do that? Right. Um, now, I know they're not going to play in the NFL. If they're hearing this right now, I'm sorry, boys, <laughs> uh, but you're not going to play in the NFL. Um, but I tell them that. Um, I, um, I, I, I talk to them all the time about, hey, you know, learning to play a sport is not about winning, like all the things. You know, I do, I do that. But, um, you know, I, um, what I do know is that the impact of a coach can be tremendous on my kids. And it can be tremendous. And that can be good or bad. Um, and it's because they have the name. You ask Mr. Gray, do you want to be called Coach Gray or Mr. Gray? And and having that title, Coach, in front of your name, like Mr. in front of your name, but, but being an influence on a kid's life is, is huge. And so knowing that there is a school that aligns with my values and my beliefs, but more than that, are are purposely committed to discipling them about the appropriate way to view athletics and use athletics is so important to me uh, because I want them to build at some point realize that um, as our opening session this morning, like, like we're, we, our calling is not to a certain job at a certain place or whatever the case would be. Our calling is to make disciples, right? That's our calling to honor and glorify Christ. And mm-hmm. so, and so having an athletic department that focuses on that and that speaks into that is, is wonderful, you know? And so for our young ladies, you know, to have, have, have women's programming that we, that, and, and know that they're going to be, you know, cared for and they're going to be, their hearts are going to be shepherded. 
um, you know, and they're going to be taught those lessons too. Uh, but, but also maybe it looks a little bit different for them, you know, whatever the case may be. Like having people that are going to pour into my kid's life. I went, I went a little on the soapbox here. But having kid, people that are going to pour in my boy's life, personally as a dad, knowing that they're going to speak biblical truths to them every day. I, I couldn't be more thankful because I can't do this on my own, right? Um, I, I'm charged to do it, you know, and it's biblically my responsibility. But I know in order for me to make the greatest impact, I've got to use every resource available. And so if that's if there's not a, a place where I can partner, and there's not a place I can partner, you know, then I'm going to do more of it. But if I can utilize people in other places to impact my kids, I think we're going to make a greater impact. You know, and, and so that's what I, I just love that. And so I sat here as you were talking, you know, and, and it's moving to me. Like, I mean, you know, it is it is moving to me. I don't, I've become softy in my old age, I guess. But, like, I'm moved when I, when I see kids uh, that uh, this morning, all right, we had kids perform, you know. Um, and I, I don't, I have no musical ability. They may have, you know, musically not sounded great. They may have sounded wonderful. I have no idea. I thought it sounded fantastic. I didn't know the songs. I was looking over to Mr. Gray and said, do you know this song? And he's like, I don't know. I heard this one before. That doesn't matter, right? What matters is, is we have taught young people to use your talents to glorify the Lord. And that's, there's no greater, no greater fulfillment in your career, I think, than to be able to see the impact of that. I, I just love, I love your um, passion and, you know, your ideas for the program and what you want to see it be. But also just thinking, you know, when, when we think of athletes, we think about developing leaders. Mm. And if that is, if that's what our coaches, if that is what their impact, how they're impacting our students, think of the reach our students, at student athletes yeah. are going to impact others. And it's just, it's incredible. I have chills mm. just listening to you. I can't wait. Go Lions. Yes. Go Lions. Go Lions. Roar. Go Lions. Uh, so um, we, we uh, Landon, you did such a great job answering those questions that you've actually answered the next question yeah, that we had. So I'm going to move down to the next one. Um, and, and really, this is, you know, for this, all of us chime in on this one, but really, Mr. Moore, specifically, you know, how how is your department of Christian life um, like like how do you view that relationship with athletics? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just a number of ways. So, I mean, different members of my team are I mean, they're directly involved in leading and coaching teams. And so this morning is a great example of that. Uh, Jamal Williams is one of our assistant directors here. He goes from, uh, you know, he's, he's shepherding, he's leading the worship team, helping them get ready to lead worship at the conference, make sure that that's going well, and then transitions quickly into coach mode because there's middle school football practice happening right now. And mm. so he's involved with the football team, basketball team, um, Miss Blaylock is involved in uh, some of our women's athletics as well. Um, I got to step in and lend a helping hand with our middle school golf team this past semester. I think that we look at department-wise um, any chance we have to build a relationship, and that's such a great opportunity uh, through the athletic programs. And so it's a chance to have FaceTime. It's a chance to ask questions. It's a chance to get to know them and allow them a chance to get to know you just outside the walls mm -hmm. of the school. Uh, but I would say that if we're going to be involved in anything, um, any chance we have to set a Christ-like example and at the same time earn the right to be heard, uh, because everybody talks, um, but very few people are listened to. And the people mm -hmm. that are listened to are those that have they've developed the relationship, they've earned the right to be heard, so that when, when it's time to speak truth, they're very, very happy to, to listen to that. 
And I think from an athletics perspective, you know, we want to have a a big team, collaborative, unified approach to to the campus. Not only how we operate in our department with multi-sport athletes and working with other coaches and other sports, but really how we operate within Lakeway Christian Academy. Yeah. And so coaches, we want coaches to be a chapel. We want collaboration between Christian life and athletics. We want to support fine arts. Academics is going to be the driving force of our school. We are a school. That's right. And so as much as we can just support those other departments as well, I think goes such a long way towards a unified campus. What about parents? So how does, I mean, that's a huge part of, you know, any, uh, like, not a college athletic department, so parents are going to play a huge role. What are the, what is the the parent listening to this podcast, or if you have a chance to speak to parents, what are you going to say? Here's the, here's the best way you can uh, lend support to us. Sure. So for the best way to do that, I would I would first look to God's word, and so you go you go to the New Testament. You have the first account of the Father speaking to His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that takes place in Matthew chapter three. In Matthew 3, 16 and 17, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So first of all, you see that, that the Father was present. He was there. He made his presence felt. He expressed his love for his Son, and he publicly declared that he was pleased with him. And so you see those things. He showed up. Yeah. He's there. He's supporting. Mm. And then he's expressing that love and letting him know with whom I am well pleased. Yeah. And so as those parents do that with their students and with their athletes, I think that creates such a, such a wonderful culture within athletics where our athletes are, are joyfully serving the Lord, and, mm-hmm. they, and they know that their parents are there supporting them, supporting mm-hmm. athletics, and that they're pleased with what, with what yeah. they're doing. You know what I love about that passage so Fantastic. much is that uh, this is before any public ministry that Jesus does, mm-hmm. and somehow God is already proud. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that it's not performance-based. Yes. And so I, I think that, you know, if you're going to, first of all, I'm going to ask you to come and preach that message in chapel at some point <laughs> this year because that's really good. Um, but just really saying to parents, just be around mm-hmm. and also be vocal and, and, you know, in your praise and not just in your uh, criticism. Yeah. That's huge. Several years ago, there, there was a study done with these high-performing athletes, and they said, what do you want um, your um, coach, Steve Haywood, who used to be on staff here, who's now at CPA, he, he brought this study to me. And, he, and he's, you know, the, the key is, is that, hey, what do you want, what would you wanted your parents to say to you? Now, these are professional athletes, the very best of the best, Olympians. And basically, it boils down to exactly what you said. I love you, and I love watching you play. And my love's not dependent upon your performance, just like Christ's love for us is not, right? And so, um, and so, being able to say to our to your fans, so how do you support your kid by being present um, and by loving and supporting them, regardless of the outcome, right? Regardless of the outcome, um, win, lose, or draw, my love is not going to change, and my love's not dependent upon how good you do or how bad you do, because I'm your dad. And I yeah. love you no matter what. Um, and I just think that's wonderful. You know, I think I think the other part, there's some there's some just real simple things. How you can support your athlete. Be supportive of the coach. 
you know, we our coaches do their very best, but they're going to mess up, and they're all not they're not all you know. That's why Nick Saban, you know, is is one of the very few that's been able to. He's fired more coaches in the SEC than any athletic director, right? Because he has set a standard that is that is a well above norm, right? And so our coaches are going to do their very best, but 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 not everybody is going to win every game, right? Um, and then just like officials, they're gonna they're gonna miss calls. I think you can say, how do you support your kid by being supportive of the entire environment? You know, by not drawing attention to yourself in the stands because you're unhappy with the call or you're upset with the call or or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, and then I think that you know that um, that the last part I would say is just by continually reminding them of exactly what Mr. Gray said. Right, like this isn't the purpose. The purpose of this is not to win. Um, we've had a success. Like, you know, we've won a state championship in a team sport. We've been, you know, competing for a couple of years, and we've we've won region championships. We've won district championships. We've won all these things. We won a state championship. And and, and I drove home that afternoon, and the next day I didn't even it, – it was not part of who I am. You still have to brush your teeth the I next day. I still have to brush my <laughs> yeah. teeth, right. And so that's not the goal. You know what I mean? Now, again, I'm competitive. Like, I want to – if we're going to play, let's, let's win, right? Like, I, competition is good. It can be fun. It can be healthy. I think that being able to compete is – and so there's the opposite side of that, right? Like, we don't want our kids to go out there and just roll over, right? Like, we want to teach life skills. Like, when things are hard, you keep pushing. When things are hard, you persevere. Um, if you're facing a team that's much better than you, that's an opportunity for you to grow and get better, right? Like, um, all the life lessons you can learn. But I think if you are – if you are – present and you are supportive of all things of the school the coach the the, the the referees the the concession stand food right like all the things like then you are creating an environment in which the kid can thrive you know and they're not and they're and they they do not derive that my love for you as a as a as a father is related to your performance on a court or a field yeah uh Victoria, so as our uh, our communications director, I mean a lot of a lot of interaction with the community, and so how can just the Lakeway community, uh, how can they support the athletic department? That's part A of the question, and then I think I would love to add to that part B. If you could say this is what I want our sports and athletic teams to be known for, something like what's the What's the reputation that you want uh, Lakeway to have in the community? Yeah, great question yeah. there. Not even written down. Not even no. on the list. But, you know, and I think of – I might, I might shock y'all, but I might have a little athletic bone in my body. Oh, yes. Yeah, I played a few sports, won a, won a few things, lost a few things, too. But, you know, and I think of community sport, and I think of being a former athlete and thinking of our student athletes, they just want people to show up. There is nothing like the energy of a crowd when mm-hmm. you are out there on the field mm-hmm. or you're a cheerleader and you have the fans just cheering with you. There is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So I think just a huge community presence of just being there. You know, eat the popcorn, um, you know, talk to people, hang out with the kids, tell them good job, no matter what the outcome is of the game. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, first just just show up and be there for our students. It, it just means so much to our kids, and that's that's why we're here, and that's what this is about. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the first thing. Anything that we have going on, you know, share our post, celebrate our kids when they win, celebrate them when they don't win. So just just support us. And then I think for Part B, I want our – I remind me of the question, what do we want yeah, to what be – What do we want to be known for, our reputation? Being good, good kids. Yeah. Good people. Um, our kids having great sportsmanship. 
I think it it doesn't matter really it really doesn't matter I want I hope kids I hope y'all are listening it really doesn't matter the outcome of the game it's what you do when you shake hands it's how Mm -hmm. you walk off the court Mm -hmm. it's how you walk off the field it's how you represent yourself your parents your friends and you're you know you are you're sharing the love of Christ through this Mm -hmm. that's that's what I want to see so fantastic goals I love it you know I think for community I would I would there's nothing I can add I think being present, you know, like, tell me a better thing to go to than a t-ball game. I mean, I don't know. I'd rather go to a t-ball game than a Super Bowl, right? Because there is no greater joy happening than right out there. And running to third base, straight to the pitcher's mound, there's nothing better. So being there to support kids, I, my, 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 what, what wakes me up in the morning professionally um, is I want to help impact young people so that they can go out and impact the world for Christ. Like that, that is what wakes me up in the morning. And, and, and you can do that through so many different ways, you know, uh, but it, but it, what being in is for community members, if you want to make an impact on young people, be there. Because when they see you, you earn the right to be heard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then when they are listening to you, when they, you are being heard, you can make an impact. Yeah. Um, and so when you, and, and there's and one thing we've all said, relationship means time, mm-hmm. right? Like these things take time. And so as a school leader, I'm at games. Um, you know, I have eaten too much popcorn. Okay. <laughs> I will admit, um, and too much concession stand food, but being present and spending time, you know, like grandpa Klein here, parents out there spending time, be present, you know, put your phone away, go out in the yard and kick a ball, Go read a book. Spend time. There's no better way to build relationships with young people than time. Because that time means that we're sincere. Right? It's genuine. Um, so, um, great question, Brett. Yeah. A and B. So, uh, at the time of this recording, we are all in the mode of, all right, It's the school year is right around mm-hmm. the corner. And so, by the time you hear this, you're probably buying school supplies. So, Mr. Gray getting ready for this next school year to start. What do you want to tell our student athletes, their families? What, what message do you have for them? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say, hey, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you've heard, you've heard our mission, you've heard our values, you've heard you know, what I want athletics to look like and be about. So I would say as much alignment as we can have in that, let's, let's do that. And so enjoy these next few weeks, come back energized, come back ready for a great year and come back ready to support our Lions, to to work hard and um, make it a great year because uh, we're, we're doing our best to prepare and make it a great year for you all as well. It's going to be a great school Go year. Lions. I feel it. It, it really is going to be a great school year. Thank you the for it. This has been great. So I really, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear this, but I am so grateful that you're on the team. Yeah. Like seriously, like it's just it's an, it's incredibly uh, obvious the difference you're already making. So, and that's the truth. So, uh, as we get ready to close things up, I want to ask because it is I mean summer reading lists uh, hopefully are being completed and you're getting your assignments done because if you're not, you need to go and click the summer reading tab on our website, parents, and make sure that everybody's read their books and have got their book reports ready. Yes, so that's absolutely. a gentle reminder to Jim, do that. All families. All you, families. All Lakeway students, you have summer reading. Everybody's got summer reading. All parents. That's right. You're a Lakeway student. has summer reading. Yes, they do. And, and there are a few weeks left. Yes. And Spark to, Notes will not fulfill the requirement. Work. Nope. So you got to read the whole book. So, but what are you reading right now? You guys reading? Uh, I would love to hear it. Well, you know, um, we are we are still in our study of, um, you know, of, 
of the adventure to manhood, right? And so we're reading our book right now um, called Flight Plan. And, and we're going slow because it's got some interactive pieces, some writing pieces, you know, things of that nature. Um, and so we're diving into that book with Brody. Um, and so that's kind of been my focus, really. Um, um, we as an executive leadership team, we are right now pursuing several different options of books. So, um, you know, in the few weeks, I'll I'm sure I'll be adding something to the list. But right now, um, it's really just been focused on uh, preparing for fifth grade, um, you know, by reading this book, Fallout Plan, which I highly recommend. Nice. I would say about a year ago, I realized I am behind on reading a lot of those just classics mm. in literature. So about a year ago, I just started diving in, reading some of those just old, good, good classic books. Mm. Read some Steinbeck, read some Hemingway, and just started earlier, like in the week, Count de Monte Cristo. Really? So, Fantastic. Yeah, so just going through a lot of the classics. I right love now. that story. And I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, mm. that's great. Victoria, what are you reading? Okay, I'm going for the family books right now. So Mary Grace, the baby, she's kind of, she's starting to get interested. She's starting to listen. So we brought out all those Llama Llama books. Oh my goodness. Red pajamas. I love, it, yeah. It's time for bed. So <laughs> That's good. what that means. So good. Yeah. And you know, Eleanor pre k she's loving Fancy Nancy. Oh yeah. You no know, Fancy, it's a we TV have, show, yeah. but the books, I'm telling llama, you. Llama Llama Red Pajamas. <laughs> learning to speak a little French. Oh. So, fancy. Yeah. That is fancy. Yeah, she yeah beat is. that. She is. Eleanor's fancy. I don't know. We can't. Mr. Moore, are you reading anything? I am. I am in the middle of a. I can't put it down. It's uh, really yes. Tell us, Tell us more. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones wrote yeah. uh, "Preaching and Preachers," and okay. it's a summary of about forty-two lectures he gave in the late nineteen sixties to people who were in church leadership. Mm. And what's it's it was written in the sixties, and it feels. 2023 relevant. Wow. It's unbelievable. Mm. So I, I can't stop reading it. Preaching and Preachers by Dr. Martin Luke Jones. Okay. Your, your favorite part? It's my favorite part. Go for we it. We need to add music to this piece, I believe. So as we begin to edit this podcast and, and grow and change, we're going to add like, I don't know, like a good like 1990s before the movie comes on, you know, and a whatever. Um, so um, the transition here, this is this is probably my favorite question we've asked, okay? Because I am a farm man. Like I love to be on a farm. I have grown up on a farm. And I, there is nothing better than this question, food related. Um, what is your favorite garden vegetable? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, thank you. Squash, Ooh. a yellow squash. Mm. You can do so much. Prepared how? Okay. Favorite way to prepare. I, I don't know that I have a favorite. I love a good squash casserole. Oh yes, a little fried Fantastic. squash. Yes, mm, grilled. I will. Oh. I'll take yeah. it. And anyway, then, well, and then add a, a zucchini train. to it. Yes, mm. sold. Huh. Then people make spaghetti out of squash too. Don't yeah, they? well, it's a yes. spaghetti squash. You know yeah. that mm-hmm. kind. You mm-hmm. peel wow. it off with mm-hmm. a fork. That's cool. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice, Mister mm. Moore. I mean, um, this is so specific. I'm going to go person by person, line by line. Yeah. Um, so my one of my favorite things on earth is my mom makes homemade salsa. Mm. And so uh, tomatoes and peppers. Fresh out of the garden. It's just, it's just, it hits different. It it's does. so good. So good. Mr. Gray. So one of my favorite things would be a wedge salad. Mm. So I would go with iceberg lettuce. I love the wedge okay. salad. I the do the way you cut it, just it's so crisp right yeah. there. It's the best kind of salad. So you're talking about a wide assortment of vegetables to create the wedge the salad. The wedge salad. But the foundation is the iceberg Absolutely. lettuce. Absolutely. 
I, I can't do one, you know, and I am a rule follower, He's a, tough a policy person. But, um, but here's what I would tell you. If you just close your eyes, you can imagine a summer day and you imagine, you know, like a, at your grandmother's house, like the glass white plate, it's got the flowers around the outside or some sort of design. On the plate is cornbread, which does not grow in a garden. However, it should. <laughs> the corn. The corn. Well, there you go. You're really building the suspense here. <laughs> so slice of cornbread from a cast iron skillet, not a mix, real cornbread, okay? Cut as a triangle because that's all you do, you know? A little butter on top of that. Sliced fresh tomatoes, mm. but a variety. So I like some yellow tomatoes, some red tomatoes, even the purple kind. But fresh sliced tomatoes, fresh, you know, not when they get gooey and ooey. Um, corn on the cob that's been boiled and ready to roll or grilled i don't care but i want it to where it's so fresh from my garden that there's still a little bit of the you know the the hair on it right like i want a little bit of the corn chuck there so um so i've got that slice i mean i'm having experience right now a slice <laughs> we should warn people yes a little bit here. not before no, you better have eaten before yes. you listen to this podcast. sliced uh sliced uh, cucumber um just you know sliced fresh no nothing on it um, and then finally, fried okra, mm. right? Now, I'm not talking about completely encased in some batter concoction. I'm talking about eggs, you know, dip it in some eggs, some cornmeal, salt, pepper in a skillet with a little bit of like Crisco in there when you take off. <laughs> and listen, no no need for meats, nothing else like that. I mean, that is that if I if, that, if I'm if it's my last meal, you sign me up for That's a fresh good. garden plate. Um, and I, and there's nothing else topped off with some Mayfield skim milk hmm. on the side, on the side, not on top of the, <laughs> that, that would be soup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just double checking. We may need to edit that out. I got a little carried away, That's okay. uh, but, uh, that you know, but I, but I would just say, Hey, listen, I just want to thank you guys so much for coming on and talking about this. I mean, I think it's a relevant topic as a dad of boys that are entering into that middle school age. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's real. It's something that I have dealt with. It's something that I study and I look at and I do all the things, you know, to try to really, um, I, I try to, I want to leave my kids well. And I think what you've said today is a great discussion that allows us to get, a, a, you know, an insight into athletics at Lakeway. But more importantly than that, if you don't go to school, your kids and go to school here, hey, this is how athletics can look and this is what it can be. And this is how you can influence them as a parent. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I would also echo Brad. Like, um, and and for you too, Miss Voyles. Like, um, as a leader um, of a school, that this the last several weeks for me have been some of the most rewarding times that I have had in my career. Um, not because records have been broken of enrollment, not because of the number of the folks that are enrolled, none of those things, but because when I sit down at a table with you guys, I know that um, that you have you have the right heart. You're you're very skilled. Um, and you are, you, are, you are called to be at Lakeway Christian Schools at this time, at this place, for this reason. And so that is so rewarding uh, to see. Um, and I know our parents that are listening, you are, you are going to see um, great improvement every year. We are committed to that. And, and the folks that are on at this table and a part of this podcast today are going are gonna to be leading the charge on that. And so I'm just so grateful for them um, as they've joined. Mr. Moore, thank you so much for hosting us today. Um, we've been on this journey now, going on over a year, you know, um, and uh, and you are just a, a blessing to Lakeway Christian Schools. Um, yesterday, I want to close with this, um, and we may have a few announcements, but yesterday I met with our students 
um, and had an advisory committee meeting. And, and, and when I said, what do you love about Lakeway Christian Schools? Every group said the same thing. One thing arose. Um, and that was chapel. Um, wow. And so every group said, I love chapel. Um, we love uh, the teaching. We love the music. We love the student interaction. Every group said they love that. Every group said that they love, um, they love Spiritual Emphasis Week. They mm. both said that, how much they enjoyed that. Um, and, and one of the things that I think you have inspired them to do is that you, you talk a whole lot about knowing people's stories, sharing mm. your story. And, and we had students yesterday in this advisory committee meeting that said each grade level, each middle school and high school, said the same thing. Hey, we love everything about chapel, but if you could change one thing, we want to hear more people's stories. Yeah. And I directly, and I shared that with you last yeah. night, but, but I, I just thought how fantastic is it that you have motivated kids to understand the power of sharing their testimony mm. and story. Yeah. Um, and what a connection that brings. So thank you so much for all yeah. that you do for Lake Wickerson Schools. Um, so we will we will close it out with a with a go lions. Um, we probably should have a Cubs or two, uh, but uh, Miss Voyles is going to do a go Cubs. But um, you know, thank you so much for listening. Uh, today's a little bit different. Um, Spencer, shout out to you, man. Um, hope that you are well as we continue to grow and develop a podcast. Um, um, we are just so excited about the opportunity to speak to our parents uh, through this through this lens. And so, thank you so much for listening and supporting Lakeway Christian School. So, on the count of three. One, two, three. Go, Go Lions! Lions.